Hey, welcome to day three of Engage. We're excited that you guys are here bright and early. We're um, so thankful for Lou Collins and his willingness to come back to uh, Central Christian College of Kansas and speak on, uh, on behalf of the college. Uh, if we could give him a round of applause for his work this week, we're so thankful for him. Hey, you guys, we get a really good opportunity today to go out and serve the community, the McPherson community, uh, the college, uh, surrounding areas that need some help. Uh, so we're excited that you guys get to be used today um, for the glory of the Lord as we seek to serve him together. Um, and so I just encourage you guys, uh, you should have got an email last night um, from Mr. Barsness uh, or student government on your location, where you're meeting, uh, and what time. Um, after uh, uh, Lou Collins is finished with his this last session, uh, we'd ask that you guys remain se seated, and, and Elijah Barsness will come up um, and give you directions for how the day is going to work and that kind of thing. So um, as soon as he's done, please remain um, in your seat, and Mr. Barsness will come up and share more. Uh, today we are excited uh, once again to, to have Lou Collins as our speaker to close out the sessions. I want to make you aware of one other thing. We have stickers for you. How many of you like stickers? One person, two people, all right. So I'll keep all the stickers for myself. Um, but we have stickers for you guys. If you want to grab one, it has our, our logo for this year on it. Stick it on your phone, stick it on your water bottle, on your tablet. Um, let this be the continual reminder uh, to remain anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ this year. Um, and so, um, without further ado, Lou Collins, would you please lead us one more time? A warm central welcome, please. Thank you. All right. I, um, I am grateful for uh, being here at Central. I do appreciate um, the, the invite. And, and, and also, I appreciate many of you have, you know, you'll catch me you know, walking around campus and you'll stop me and uh, I've, I've been stopped and asked a bunch of questions about just uh, different things. I need, I need your prayers this morning though because um, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with grief of another Clipper debacle. It's hard being a Clippers fan, y'all. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. We starting to look like the Cleveland Cavaliers before LeBron won. It's, it's bad. So y'all pray for me as I try to get through this. All right, all right. But I was, I was, I, I had a hard time sleeping, not because of the Clippers, but I had a hard time sleeping um, last night because I had uh, this, this, this um, sermon, rather, set up that I wanted to, to speak and, and, and give you guys. But then I, I began to uh, wrestle in my, my sleep. It's like God was saying, no, I want you to go a different way. Um, because the, uh, the, there's something that, that is needed here on this campus that um, I'm putting it to you this way. Something has to break. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to involve each and every one of you uh, being engaged and, and faithful to what God has for your life while you're here at, at Central. Um, but one thing I want you to understand is that gratitude shifts perspectives. Before we get into anything, gratitude shifts perspectives. The reason we praise God is not because he needs us to, it's because we need to, all right? Praise moves us um, from a place of when we're worrying, when we're, when, we're, when we're down, when we're sad, when we're going through things, it moves us to a place of gratitude. And I think the reason he, he, he pushes praise so much, particularly in, our, in, the, in the book of Psalms, 
is because there's, there's this idea that the more I praise, the better I feel. So before we do anything, can we just give God a hand of praise right now? Can we just show him some gratitude? Okay, 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 that, that was cool if that was, you know, for me or another speaker. Uh, but here's the thing. If you was at your favorite team's football game, basketball game, you would show a lot more gratitude. In Psalms 48, it says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. The idea behind that is the level of my praise to match the revelation of who he is in my life. So if he's an okay God, then I give him an okay praise. If he's a good God, I give him a good praise. If he's a alright God, I give him an alright praise. But if he's a great God, we give him a great praise. So let's try that again. Can we give God a praise in here this morning? Yeah. Yeah. That's more like it. That's more like it. Okay, there's a story in the Bible. I want to deal with something. We talked about five areas of being anchored. First, we talked about being anchored in your faith. Then we talked about being anchored in fruitfulness. Then we discussed being anchored in your fellowship, vis-a-vis relationships. And this morning, I want to deal with being faithful, being anchored in your faithfulness, which is require you to have an anchored focus, all right? And there's a story in the Bible that I believe helps push us to this point. There was a man by the name of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God, all right? One day, God speaks to Jonah and says, listen, I need you to go to this great city of Nineveh and preach against their wickedness. Jonah decides he's feeling some type of way. He doesn't like those instructions. Um, If you don't know anything about uh, Nineveh or the story, I believe Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And and Assyria was, at the time, uh, oppressing Jonah's people. So in his mind, he was like, no, I'm not going to go and preach against the wickedness so you can can help them out, God. They're oppressing my people. I'm I'm not going to do that. So Jonah gets on the boat. And here's the interesting thing. Jonah pays to go the wrong way. Jonah pays to go the wrong way. He decides, I'm not going to go do what God told me to do. I'm going to pay to get on a boat to go to a place called Tarsus. All right? Here's one thing I want you to understand. The first thing I want you to get from this morning, this final session, sin has a way of costing way more than you can afford and keeping you longer than you want to stay. Sin has a way of costing you more than you can afford and keeping you longer than you want to stay. Jonah gets on this boat. He's on a boat with a, another, another, a bunch of other crewmen, and they set out. They set out for Tarsus. He's like, I, I got away. I'm, doing, I'm not going to do what God told me to do. I'm set. I'm, I'm gone. I'm done. On his way to Tarsus, God sends a great storm. He sends a great storm, all right? 
So the boat that has Jonah on it becomes entangled in a... Entangles. Y'all know what that means now, right? <laughs> uh, that's not the word I want to use, though. Not, not entangled as, you know, you know, red table talk entangled. <laughs> entangled in a storm as in the midst of a storm. But here's the interesting thing. During this storm, Jonah is in the bunker sleep. While the whole crew is up trying to deal with this storm and, what, and, why, and why it's happening. And here's what you got to understand. These, 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 this crewmen, these people, they weren't novice. They were used to storms. So if they were panicking during the storm, this means it was an unusual storm. But in the midst of that, Jonah's sleep in the bunker. Now, I know everyone in here is now on the same, don't, you know, not on the same level as far as uh, uh, biblically, but you can't read Jonah was in the, in, in the, at the bottom of the boat sleep and not think about when Jesus and the disciples was in the storm and Jesus was asleep. You have to juxtapose those two things. But here's the difference. One was a sovereign sleep. The other was a sleep to ignorance. Yeah, Jesus was in the sovereign sleep. The difference between a sovereign sleep is that when you're in a sovereign sleep, hell can be happening all around you, but there's a peace that keeps you in the midst of it. And this is why, this is why Jesus, that's why I say, living for God is so cool. Living for Christ, having him in your life is so cool. Because Jesus is, is one of the dopest personalities you can ever read about. Jesus was so cold-blooded, he sleep at the bottom of the boat. The disciples are going crazy. And he's, the disciples are like, Jesus, do you not care that we perish? Jesus was like, oh, all right, what's going on? It's a big storm. Jesus, you don't care? All right, peace, be still. I'm going back to sleep. That's how cold-blooded Jesus was. Jesus was so cool that even in the midst of a storm, he never lost his equanimity. He never panicked. But the difference between Jonah and Jesus is that Jonah was in an ignorant sleep. Jonah did not recognize how his behavior was affecting the people around him, how his behavior was affecting his family members. Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm drive down your street, pull up to your your house and knock on your door. Jonah was ignorant to how his behavior was messing up his relationships. Jonah was ignorant to how his behavior was causing collateral damage amongst his friendships, his family, his teammates. What is it that you have not fixed, have not addressed in your life that's causing collateral damage around you? Here's the thing. Most of you probably don't even know it because you're ignorant to it. And let me help you. You can't outgrow brokenness. You have to fix it. You can't outgrow brokenness. You have to fix it. 
You can't outgrow apathy. You have to fix it. What are you ignorant to? So the story goes. They're going crazy on the boat. They go get Jonah's like, Jonah, like, you sleep. You know, they start casting lots. Lot falls on Jonah, and, and they start throwing stuff off the boat. Throwing stuff, and, like, and Jonah's like, okay, okay, stop, 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 stop. Okay, stop, stop. I know, what, I know what's causing this. You see, because I serve... I serve the God who made the earth and the sea, the wind and the waves. Yeah, Jonah looks at Jonah looks at them and says, "You know what? I'm the problem. I'm the problem." The question I want you all to ask yourself in every area of your life. Ask yourself, am I the problem? Yeah. If I'm the common denominator, am I the problem? So Jonah says, here's how we're going to fix this. I'm a prophet. I'm going the wrong way. So here's the hypocrisy in Jonah's statement. He stands up and says, listen, I am a Hebrew, I'm a prophet of God, and this is why all this is happening, because I'm going the wrong way. Notice the hypocrisy in Jonah's statement. If you're such a great prophet, if you are so spiritual, if you are a Christian, if you claim to be a follower of Christ, why are you going the wrong way? Why are you doing some of the things that you're doing? Because it shows. I remember, I, remember uh, I said this one time years ago when I, spoke at, when I spoke at Chapel in Greer. I said, maybe the reason why your friends won't come to church with you is because they see your life. And they're like, well, until God fixes you, then I don't want your God. I don't want your Christ. Because you still smoke with me, you sleep with me, you drink with me. I can't see the fruit, fruitfulness, that's coming off your life. So, so, until, so, so until you get right, I'm cool. Your wit- you can miss me with your witnessing. Lewis, are you saying we got to be perfect? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the fruit shall follow what you proclaim. So Jonah says, the only way you fix this is you got to get me off this boat. Throw me off this boat. And this is what I love about this in particular story. This is what I love about it. Jonah is a grown man. If you are the problem, why don't you just jump off? You know you're the problem. jump, Jump off. I ain't throwing you over there. You jump off. Why, ladies and gentlemen? Because when, when we're in our feelings, when, we don't, when, when we're not faithful, when we're not rooted, when we're not anchored in Christ, we expect other people 
to do for us what we should be doing for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, we say, okay, I'm going to go to church, and I've been going to church, and the pastor, he's been preaching to me, but you know what? It's not really receiving anything. I don't, I don't get it, so I'm just, I'm going to just quit church. It's like, it's not working for me. When if you understood the role of a, of a pastor or a preacher or a prophet, it's like, it's like I got sick once. I had walking pneumonia, and they gave me a, a, a shot in my hip, and they said, okay, here, you got to take this prescription. I was like, take the prescription? You just gave me the shot. I should be good. They said, no, the, the, the shot just kickstarts the healing process. But you need the prescription to empty out all of that stuff that's still down in there that we can't get to, that the shot won't get to. Yeah, so when you attend a worship service, when you attend chapel, that's just your kickstart for the week. You got to do the work. Don't get thrown off the boat. God sends a, a great fish, and there's, there's a great fish, a great uh, whatever you want to call it, well, and to swallow Jonah up, and and he sits in the belly of the well for three days. He repents. He comes to know that he was going the wrong way. Ends up going to preaching to Nineveh. Why do I tell you about the Jonah narrative? I know some of you are in here. You're like, man, I, I have no really knowledge of the Bible. You talking about you talking to me about a fish swallowing a man? You talking to me about I I just don't get it. Forget about all the theology pieces of it. That's what you're here for. That's why you have Larry Anderson. That's why you have your teachers. Right now, I want you to get the principle of what I'm speaking to. I'm the problem. Actually, am I, am I the problem? Look, I don't do look, I don't do any of that stuff that you talked about. I, 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 I live right. I, you know, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do none of that. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, but behavior modification is just the beginning point. It's not the end. The end point is Romans 8. When Paul says we are to be conformed to the likeness of his son, the likeness of Christ. Jesus did not come just so you can have behavior modification, just so you can start doing the right thing. He came so you can have what John 10, 10 calls life abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came, this is Jesus talking, that you may have life and that abundantly. Notice what he says. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So often in church, we deal with the kill and destroy. But the, the Bible says, Jesus said, he's a thief first. And he comes to steal first. Because if he can steal your thoughts, if he can steal your faith, he'll kill it. And if he can kill your faith, he'll destroy you. The thief comes to kill to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll steal something from you so you get weak, and that weakness will destroy you. But I came, Jesus said, that you may have life and that abundantly.
So I believe there's three boats you got to get out of to be anchored in faithfulness and focus. The first boat is the boat of ego. The boat of ego. Um, the reason many of you may be feeling the way you feel sometimes is not because, uh, it's not necessarily because somebody hurt you necessarily. It's, it's, it's more pride. And let me, let, me, let me put it to you this way. Um, you know I love dealing with relationships. Some of you who, let's say, broke up with somebody, <laughs> this is how you know you kind of build an ego problem. You broke up with them, but you get mad when you see them with somebody else. <laughs> Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah. I, you broke up with them, but you don't want to see them with nobody else. You ain't hurt. Your pride is hurt. Because you figure you, you was the best thing they ever had. So how you, listen, how you going to go, what? No, 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 I left you for a reason. Yeah. You have an ego problem. But that same ego, that same ego, many of you may have, I don't know, you take into your chapel services. Ain't nothing this school can teach me. Ain't nothing these speakers can teach me. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm the problem. Boat number two. Second boat you got to get out of is the boat of entitlement. <laughs> some, some people, some people feel that that God has to earn your faithfulness. Think about that for a, sec for a second. God has to earn your faithfulness. God, you got to do something for me to prove to me that you really about, that you really part of my life. And, I, and I'll try this church thing. I'll try this Christ thing. I'll, 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 I'll give myself, I'll empty myself. But here, here's the interesting thing. What if, you see these screens in here? For those who maybe it may be processing in your head that you know what I may be the problem. You see these screens in here. You may be in the boat of entitlement. What if only the stuff only you and God knows about flashed on the screen? The stuff only you and God know about. Don't nobody. The stuff that you did behind closed doors. Don't nobody else know about but you and God. What if that flashed on the screen? But you're walking around with this entitlement as if God owes you something. That when you pray, if I don't get what I'm praying for, I'm done with this church thing. If you get a job and you ask for certain things, maybe a raise, a promotion, and you don't get it, you're going to stop working? It's amazing to me how believers, Christians, we become great pontificators about everything that's wrong instead of taking responsibility for what's wrong. The church, we do that. The 
The third boat, you have to get out of. And here's where I come to get you. You may say, man, you're beating us up. Yeah, whenever I beat you up, I come to get you up. I never leave you there. Because the last boat you got to get out of is the boat of shame. It doesn't matter what you have done in your life. You can be restored from it. Well, you don't know my life, man. I'm, I, I, there is no matter what you have done in your life, you can be restored from it. How do, how, 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 how do you, how am I restored? How do I do that? You relinquish the shame that the devil, that the enemy, that the adversary is trying to put on you to walk around with for the rest of your life. The shame of not being totally committed. The shame of having a past. The shame of your mistakes. You have to get out of the boat of shame. The Bible says there is no condemnation. What that means is, that means is, the reason Christ came is so when you allow him in your life, when you allow him to work in your life, everything, everything is made new. You start a new path, a new walk, a new talk. Are you going to get it right all the time? Nope. Don't still make mistakes. But here's the difference. You, 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 are, you happen to sin. You're not living in sin. There's a vast difference between living in something, living in sin, refusing to change. It becomes natural to you. You don't even know you're doing it. And then, or rather than messing up and being like, ooh, I should have done that. God forgive me, I shouldn't have done that. Ah. You got to get out of that. Got out of the boat of ego, the boat of entitlement, and the boat of shame. I don't know where, where all of you are right now in your life. I really don't. What I do know is that when you're out of the auspices of Christ, You're missing a lot. And the great and listen, the reason I do this is to empower, is to is to grow, is to strengthen young people, people to influence them all over the world. This is this is the reason I became a spiritual leader. But I can only do so much if you guys are not willing, if you or whoever is not willing to make the decision for yourself. You have to be willing to move yourself out of the way. Quickly, many of you, I talked about purpose quite a bit. I think it was a Monday night. I believe it was one night where I talked about fruitfulness. Here's the interesting thing with purpose. Purpose is, I, I, I told you that purpose is always the answer to a problem, but Many, many people don't, under, don't understand how their purpose aligns with being faithful 
and being um, uh, and, and keeping their focus. Right? Passion is what you love to do. Talent is what you're capable of doing. Purpose is what you're supposed to be doing. Passion is what you love to do. Talent is what you're capable of doing. Purpose is what you're supposed to be doing. You have to begin to ask yourself, if I have purpose in this life, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? There, in Exodus, many of you know about the story of Moses, the Exodus, the Exodus story of Moses, all right? The people of Egypt, when Pharaoh finally said, okay, you guys can go, let my people go, you know, y'all know the song, let my people go. I mean, hopefully you've heard that before. It's kind of old, but hopefully you heard it, or you heard the story, all right? They, the Bible says when the Red Sea opened up, they walked across the Red Sea. They didn't jog. They didn't run. They walked across the Red Sea. Okay? Okay? Why were they walking if Pharaoh and his army was chasing them? Because they were carrying stuff. They were carrying um, gifts and things that they got from the Egyptian people as they were leaving Egypt. Why is that significant, Lewis? Because what you possess determines your pace. What you possess determines your pace. Sometimes you can't move so fast because you're carrying too much. And sometimes your purpose and the things that God wants to do in your life, it has to, it has to, it has to cook a little while. It has to sit in the oven for a while. It has to grow inside of you for it to be birthed. Here's another thing about that story. And I'm going somewhere with this when it comes to faithfulness and focus. Here's another thing about that story. The Bible said the Red Sea split, okay, and they walked across on dry land. If you know anything about, about water and mud, what they walked across wasn't supposed to be dry. This may be a little eisegesis, but I think there's a principle here. Because I believe the principle there is I'm taking you out of one place into another, and I don't need you trampling your past into your future. Because if water hits dirt, it becomes mud. If you walk on dirt, you trample it. You, you, you carry it into other rooms. You carry it into other places. There's a principle there that I don't want you taking your past into your future. Here's another thing about that I'm still dealing with faithfulness and focus. Follow me. Moses, he was told to speak to the rock, to bring water from a rock for the people of Israel. Instead, the people of Israel made him so upset, he struck the rock. You have to be careful on your journey of life that you don't allow certain people who know you 
or are close to you to expose your weaknesses. Because Moses had a problem that he didn't deal with. He had an anger problem he didn't deal with. He had a rejection problem he didn't deal with. Going all the way back, because remember, Moses, he wasn't, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. He wasn't Egyptian, he was a Hebrew. What's the significance of that? When Moses did that, God said, okay, come here, Moses. Come here, let me talk to you. You see that over there? That's the promised land. I'm going to allow you to see it. But here's the problem. Because you did not address your issues, you can see it, but you'll never see it. I'm going to tell you the same thing. If you do not be faithful to yourself and focus in on the things that you need to change and get out of those boats, you will see your hopes, your purpose, your dreams, and your goals, but you'll never walk into them because some things have to change before you can walk into certain doors. You will miss opportunities. Even probably here at Central, many of you are athletes. You will miss opportunities as an athlete because you don't address the issues that you need to address. And you'll miss what God has for you. That only comes through faithfulness and being focused. Miracles got the people of Israel out of Egypt. It was leadership that took them into Canaan. You have to be able to boss up and lead yourself into your Canaan, your promised land, which requires you moving yourself out the way. There's a song I want to play as they get that ready. I really want you to take the time to listen to it. You can bow your head, you can close your eyes, whatever you want to do. I want you to listen to the words. It's by Tasha Cobbs Leonard. I don't know if any of you know who that is, but it's by her. But I want you to listen to the words. Really listen to the words and meditate on this. And I'll come back and I'll close this out. You guys can go ahead. God, your people cry out today that we want to get out of the way. We, we cry out with a heart of repentance that we're moving out of your way. We trap so many of our ways. We just want it your way. Oh, my God. We just want it your way.
simple somebody pray that say all we want is you to move yeah. all we want is you to move that's all we want today all we want You guys was listening to the word. You really locked in if you tapped in. Uh, 
what she was saying. She was saying that you have to be willing to move yourself out the way. You have to be willing to move yourself out of the way. Your agenda, your thoughts, what you want, and allow Christ to be the ultimate answer to your anchor. It's funny, I was talking uh, on the way, walking over here, uh, me and John Walker's having a conversation. We was talking about how many times we have our anchor in certain things. See, an anchor is heavy. It's heavy. And sometimes when our anchor is in the world, it's hard to pull it out of something that has been in so long because it's too heavy. You feel you're going to lose some friends. You're going to lose some relationships. People are going to look at you different. So it's a heavy weight that comes with pulling your anchor out of something and re-anchoring it in Christ. But here's one promise I can make you. I guarantee you, for if you want to engage, for 90 days, I'll bank on it. For 90 days, if you pull your anchor out of yourself, out of your own pride, out of your own apathy, out of the world, out of the things that are causing your destruction that you don't even know about yet, and you anchor them into Christ, I guarantee you, you will never want to pick your anchor up again. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, sin is supposed to feel good. I don't know who I'm talking to, but sin is supposed to feel good. If sin didn't feel good, who would ever do it? It's designed that way. But you know what's better? Being anchored in Christ. Because there's joy, there's peace, there's happiness. There's grace that comes with that. It's the best feeling in the world. So I'm going to just do this now, and I'm going I'm I'm to do it this way. I need everybody to bow their heads. While you're standing, bow your heads. Close your eyes. Bow your heads, close your eyes. This is your chance. Even if you're watching, if you're watching, you can tap in. This is your chance to not worry about your friends, what they're going to say about you, who's watching, because shouldn't be nobody watching if you're being obedient. And I want you, if you are in a place where you are ready, you're like, I heard these engaged sessions. I'm, I'm, I'm here at Central. I don't want to leave the same way I came. And I know I need Christ in my life. I know I'm ready to start a new chapter in my life. I'm letting the shame go. I'm getting out of my boat of eagleness, uh, being a, having a big ego. I'm, get, I, I'm getting out of the boat of being entitled, of, of me feeling like, 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 I, like it's all about me. And I'm realizing that I may be the problem. And you are saying, Christ, I need you and I'm ready. And I'm going to do my best. It has nothing to do with being perfect. That's a lie from the devil. It's about being conformed to the likeness, as best as you can, of Jesus Christ. And we never fully get there until we reach heaven. And you're saying, that's me.
I'm ready. All I want you to do, with all head bowed, eyes closed, is something simple, just to raise your hand. Yeah, praise God. Put your hands down. I see you. I see you. Put your hands down. So here's what I want you to do. Everybody's going to pray together. Even if you're not there yet, you say, I'm still, I'm still trying to get, I'm trying to figure this thing out, Lou. But we are going to pray together. But for those who have raised their hand, I saw at least around 20 people that raised their hand. It could have been more. I want you to repeat after me. Say this prayer with me. Everybody say it. I want you to use your voice. We, we all pray together. We're one in Christ, one in the body of Christ. So I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, come on, we got, come on, come on, come on. Use your, use your athlete's voice. Use your, dear Jesus, I accept you into my life. I understand that you came so I can have life and that abundantly. I know that you died on the cross for my sins. And in three days you rose again. And right now, right now, I know that I am saved. Won't you give God a hand praise for those who have just committed their life to Christ right now? Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Keep praising him. God, we love you. We give you glory. We honor you. You're good. You're wonderful. Have your way, God. All heads bow, God. We thank you for what you've done in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm overwhelmed. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm overwhelmed. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. I hearken back for when you did it for me. When you did it for me, God. When I was lost. When I was depressed, when I was ready to take my own life. You came and you grabbed me, God. So, God, I'm just so happy that there are individuals in here who decide to make a life choice and decide to give their all to you, God. God, don't let them go back. Don't let them hold back the tears. Those are tears of joy. Those are tears of happiness. Those are tears of no more shame. My past is forgiven. God, continue to work. Continue to sanctify. Continue to strengthen. We love you, God. And for those, God, who are still battling, who are still struggling, who are still trying to get there, God, I pray that you continue to work on their hearts. Send speakers, send individuals here while they're at Central Christian College to pour into them so that can be a light to the world. And God, we thank you for anchoring the hearts of your people. We love you. 
In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. God bless you. I love you. I appreciate you. And good luck to all the athletes this year.